Our scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, so uh, I have been one throughout my life to get a little lightheaded when I have to give blood at the doctor's office. Anybody else with me on that? So uh, I was in my mid to late 30s and um, did the annual physical and had given blood and I wasn't lightheaded yet. And I felt really good. And so um, I, I went to the checkout line to, to leave from the doctor's office, and uh, I was steady. I thought I was ready, but I was not. And I heard somebody, the person behind the counter, yell out, he's going to fall. <laughs> and I did. And the next thing I remembered, I was on my back on the floor, and all of these people are hovering over me. Nurses among us, bless you, bless you, bless you, thank you very much. And there was one nurse in particular who was a wonderful blessing to me. She made sure I got to a room to rest. She got me a Coke and some crackers. She was attentive, kind, compassionate, patient. She didn't make fun of me. She encouraged me, and I was grateful. So I recovered, and I'm going about the rest of my day. And at the end of the day, it's night. I'm driving home. I remember the exact spot where this happened. I'm driving up Carpenter Road in Sanford, North Carolina, and I start to weep. I'm thinking about this person who had shown me such love and care and compassion, and the tears flow. And they don't stop for a long, long time. And in that moment, I experience what it's like to be poor in spirit. To be poor in spirit is to know that you are vulnerable and to know that you are dependent upon someone else. And it is to embrace your vulnerability and your dependence and to be thankful to the ones who are caring for you and to express that gratitude. So when Jesus says in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about people who know they are vulnerable and completely dependent on God in this life. 
and who don't fight that, but who acknowledge it and embrace it and live into it and give thanks for the ways in which God provides for us, protects us, the ways in which we can rely upon the Lord. Now, sometimes poor in spirit means people who are materially poor. In Luke chapter 6, verse 20, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Sometimes when we are lacking materially, we are better able to truly pray, as we prayed earlier, give us this day our daily bread. Because we don't have our daily bread apart from the provision of God. And then in this passage from Matthew, Jesus expands that, saying that the poor in spirit who depend upon God... That can be anyone. It actually should be everyone. For all of us were made to be dependent upon the one who made us. Jesus says of the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In heaven, everyone depends on God. In heaven, everything revolves around God. The poor in spirit who on this earth depend upon God are experiencing a taste of the kingdom of heaven now. Theirs is the kingdom. And one day, when all will be as God wills it to be, they will fully experience dependence upon God in the kingdom. Now it's interesting, at the end of the first beatitude, verse 3, Jesus says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. At the end of the last beatitude, verse 10, Jesus also says, Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Then in verse 11 and 12, he just expands on what he means in that uh, final beatitude. Which then suggests that all of the beatitudes are to be framed through the lens of the kingdom of heaven. So let's look at uh, verse 4, the second beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. In the kingdom of heaven there is no death. And so when we mourn in the church, our sisters and brothers who have died and who are with the Lord, we are acknowledging that all is not yet what God wills it to be. We are mourning the fact that death is still a part of our earthly reality. And we are looking to that day when death will be no more. And in this mourning, we are comforted by the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is getting at more than just mourning, as appropriate and right as it is, just mourning for those whom we love that have died in the Lord. In this passage, when Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, he's calling God's people to mourn whenever and wherever things are not as God wills them to be. Wherever life is not, life on earth is not like life in heaven, Jesus calls us to mourn. Wherever people do not follow Jesus, whenever we turn our backs on God and on each other, we are called to mourn. For all is not as God wills it to be. I, was, I grew up in the late 70s, early 80s. Many of you might remember a commercial, a television commercial that I saw frequently. It begins with a view uh, from a, a highway in the western United States. You have this beautiful view. And then the camera turns to the roadside and shows mountains of trash and litter along that roadside. 
And then the camera focuses on an elderly Native American man, and we see sadness on his face, and then slowly a single tear flows down his cheek and falls to the ground. He is mourning the fact that his neighbors have not taken care of the land. And so we as followers of Jesus mourn the ways we as a people have failed to live out our created commandment in Genesis 1 to be good stewards of all that God has made. We mourn that. And whenever we see people tearing one another apart, whenever we see violence, whenever we see a hatred and evil unleashed in our world, we mourn that. Whenever we see that in ourselves, whenever we see that in our church, when we fail to be for each other and for the world all that we are made to be, our instinct, our reaction is to enter into mourning. For all is not as God wills it to be. And when we mourn, and when we mourn from the place of dependence upon God, we are comforted. Comforted through the Spirit is with us now. Comforted through the knowledge that, that one day Jesus will take the mess that we have made of things and make it right. And heaven and earth will be one. We don't just mourn. When we mourn that things are not as God wills them to be, we are then called to act with God, to participate with God, to make things right in the world. In the words of our vision statements that are guiding us to mourn the way things are is to commit ourselves through the Holy Spirit to help one another become more like Jesus, to love each other unconditionally, to worship God wholeheartedly, to help people meet Jesus and to love our hurting world. So the rest of the Beatitudes give us guidance on how to do that. Verse uh, 5, blessed are the meek, Jesus says, for they will inherit the earth. Uh, wonderful thing Jesus does here. He takes Psalm 37 verse 11, which says the meek uh, shall inherit the land, and he builds on that. He, the land in Psalm 37 refers to Israel. And now he's saying the, the, the meek will inherit the, the earth. But, but thought Psalm 37, the whole psalm, is this wonderful rhythm back and forth where the psalmist talks to God's people and says, Don't fret the evildoers. Don't fret those who prosper in ways that are against the purposes of God. Don't worry about it. Instead, commit your way to the Lord. Be still before the Lord. Trust God and do good. And God will work through you and God will provide for you. And so when we think about being meek, as Jesus talks about being meek, meek, meek in this verse, it is not a matter of, of being weak or of being a doormat where people walk over us. Instead, there is incredible strength in meekness. As we face the difficulties and dangers of life, as we work with, live with people who resist the purposes of God, and we trust God in the process, and the purposes of God are fulfilled through us and through our meekness. Yesterday was the 60th anniversary of something amazing that happened in my hometown of Greensboro, North Carolina. 60 years ago yesterday, 
four African-American students at North Carolina A&T University went to the Woolworths Drugstore and Diner in downtown Greensboro, and they sat at the whites-only counter, and they were refused service. So they stayed there, and they stayed there for the rest of the day. And the next day, hundreds of their students, their fellow students at A&T came and joined them, and then the next weeks across the South, students did the same thing. We call them the sit-ins now. And through their meekness, through the strength of their meekness, overcoming a evil, not with force, but with love, through their meekness, the kingdom of God was furthered in beautiful ways. Blessed are the meek, Jesus says, for they shall inherit the earth. Not now, but when the kingdom comes and heaven and earth become one and we participate in all that God is doing. The next beatitude. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Verse 6, for they will be filled. Righteousness is a relationship word. Right relationship with God. Right relationship with each other. Right relationship with creation. When we seek to live by the Holy Spirit in right relationships, we are living the ways of the kingdom and we will be filled. We will be satisfied because we are doing God's work. We're participating in the way God calls us to live. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. There's not a, a speck of space in heaven that's not filled with mercy. Every little corner of the realm we call heaven is filled, overflowing with mercy. When we on earth are merciful, we point to the kingdom of heaven where all is mercy. And we are blessed, we are comforted. We see God, we receive mercy. Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Pure in heart here does not mean perfect. It does not mean sinless. It means having a heart that's undivided. Undivided in our devotion to God and to being God's people. When we get to heaven, we'll have undivided hearts. Right now, there's all kinds of things that flow through our hearts that keep us from being all that God wants us to be. But when we seek through the Holy Spirit to be pure in heart, those things that distract us fade away. And we're able to see God a little bit now. And one day, we will see the Lord fully. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Not only mourning the absence of peace, but working actively to bring peace in our world. Children of God, because they live the peace of the kingdom of heaven, even on earth now. And then verse 10, and it's commentary on, in verses 11 and 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, Jesus says, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Here's what happens. When we live in dependence upon God or in spirit, and when we mourn the way things are among people who like the way things are, and when we seek to live righteously through right relationships with God and with each other and with our neighbors, and when we seek to be merciful and be peacemakers, and when we seek to do all of these things that the Beatitudes describe, not everybody's going to be happy. Not everyone will like it. Some will oppose it. Some might even persecute us. We don't experience persecution in our land, but many sisters and brothers across the world 
And it's very real. And Jesus says, expect it. If the one who brings the kingdom of heaven near is crucified on a cross, then we too who seek to give glimpses of the kingdom through our work, worship, and witness can expect to face opposition. But hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ as found in the Beatitudes. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They will be comforted. They will inherit the earth. They will be filled. They will receive mercy. They will see God. They will be called children of God. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So my dad had major surgery last Monday. Uh, removed the cancerous tumor very large from his leg. Uh, many of you have been praying for him, for us. I'm so very, very grateful he's doing well. Surgery was successful. He's still in the hospital. Probably moves from the hospital to a rehab place. Uh, sometime this week. Uh, we appreciate your continued prayers. So, uh, Monday morning, uh, we leave my parents' house at 4.15. That's a.m., 4.15. We arrive in Winston-Salem at Baptist Hospital, Wake Forest University at 5 a.m. Uh, the surgeons finish their work on my dad at 5 p.m. And at 10 p.m., uh, he gets to a room. So it was a long day for my dad, for the doctors, for the nurses, and for us. Is anyone familiar with the concept of stress eating? <laughs> when you are under stress, often human beings tend to look to food to give us comfort in the stress. Are you familiar with the concept of comfort foods? Now, there may be someone who does this. I'm not aware of this person for whom comfort foods are fruits and vegetables. <laughs> the whole idea of comfort food is that it tastes good and it's not good for you. And so my comfort food of choice last Monday, chocolate chip cookies. Who likes chocolate chip cookies? All right. So mid-morning snack, my brother and I go to the hospital cafeteria, we find some rather large chocolate chip cookies. We buy one for ourselves and then we buy one for mom, take them back up to her in the waiting room. Mid-afternoon, we go for a mid-afternoon snack, right? You're stress eating, you go for a snack. And we found this coffee shop with a bakery in it, and I kid you not, there was a chocolate chip cookie there the size of a Frisbee. I mean, it was a Frisbee cookie. We were tossing it by flicking it back and forth, just like that. So that was my mid to late afternoon snack. So I spend the night with Dad in the hospital. Uh, Mom and my brother come back the next morning, Tuesday morning. I go to my parents' house a little before lunch to take a nap and to exercise. And when I get back to the hospital that afternoon, Mom has found the Chick-fil-A in the hospital. And for her eldest son, she has purchased a six-pack of chocolate chip cookies. Do you like the chocolate chip cookies? Chick-fil-A. They're rather large. And in less than 24 hours, I had consumed all six of those chocolate chip cookies. They brought me a little bit of comfort. They filled me a little bit. But what I really needed and what we experienced was a day when we were vulnerable and completely dependent on the doctors 
nurses, and most of all, on God. And so that day, we were poor in spirit. We were poor in spirit. This is a table for the poor in spirit. This is a meal for those who mourn. This is a meal that gives strength to the meek so that they can live their strength as meekness. This is a meal where we do not stress eat but where Jesus comes and walks with us in our stress and gives us peace and gives us the strength to do our part in God's kingdom work. And so we come to this table. This is our family meal. And we give thanks to God that Jesus has brought the kingdom of heaven near. And through the Holy Spirit, by faith in Christ, we not only can enter the kingdom, but we can work for the kingdom together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now we're going to sing for just a moment. Remember that chorus that you learned at the beginning of the service. You will be invited to join the ensemble in singing that chorus as we now sing the faith that we've been talking about before we eat to our faith and our family.
the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it. And he blessed it. Bless, O oh Lord, this bread that we share. We give you thanks for Jesus, the Lamb that was slain to give us life. He has brought the kingdom near. And may this bread comfort us as we mourn and give us strength to do your work. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.